Let's move on to something fun. We got an amazing treat for you today. Okay, now can we rewire it, please? So I can go have my muffin. I haven't had a muffin yet. Gary Hoffman. Well, I don't know what the internet is talking about because you are born. <laughs> Shannon Farron. Oh, thank you, lady. There's a French version of this show, and with me today are the two hosts. Gary and Shannon. Very cool people. Very cool. This is going to be nuts. God be nuts. What do you think this phone call is? Should I answer it? I don't usually get. I don't get does phone anybody, calls like that on my on my cell phone. Does anybody answer the phone anymore? No, we were just talking about that off the air. You called me on Sunday. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't. I wasn't near my phone, so I didn't see that you had called you until later. Funny that I don't remember now. Um, when's the last? More well, when's more. the last time you think you called me on the phone? I mean, it, it's been it's been several weeks, call, if not a couple I, of months. I remember when I called you on the phone uh, the last time. It's because it's usually when I'm driving, yeah, and like I can't text or something, and I have to impulsively impart some very important information. It was immediately after work, I think, but it was several yes. weeks ago, right? What when about I was your parents? Mor- remember, I was mortified about something, and yes. I had to tell yes. you about it immediately. Uh, what do you mean? What, like when my parents call me? Yeah, they don't call me on my cell phone, but they'll call me on my home phone. My mom texts me more than calls me these days. Yeah, my, the home phone is way more old school than picking up your cell phone. Yes, but I, I will always pick up that phone. I, was, some, I, I don't know if it's an instinctual thing; it's a learned behavior. Whatever it is, I will <laughs> always pick up that phone as opposed to this phone. I was talking to Ann in sales uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she's like, "I don't even know how to leave a voicemail anymore." <laughs> I mean, we, we really have—we're out of practice. We, we don't talk anymore on the I, phone. Uh, God forbid, leave a I'm voicemail. Calling you, and then I forgot what. Uh, just call uh, call me when you get a when you get this. Call me. I think click. Right. <laughs> hey, there's a story we're going to do in the one o'clock hour, by the way, uh, sort of along those lines. Texting misfires have now made their way to the workplace. Now, listen, I have to be sec. I have to be doubly careful if I send you a text message or my wife since maybe this is my mistake. You're both in the phone as Shannon. So if I type like I'm going to send a text to Shannon. Yeah. Both of your numbers come up and I have to I have to like. Okay, but, like double authentication, make sure I'm sending it I to mean, the right one. I mean, I don't one. know you in your real life that well, but I don't see you being a person who's going to send questionable sh- shady texts well, to your wife. You know, I like to keep it spicy every once in a while. So if you see something out of the ordinary, yeah. you could just wipe, just throw your phone away. I was thinking about texts and I was thinking about Monica. I, I, I text oh. Monica either like one of two things, either I love you or I hate you. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. That's just the way our relationship works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right. Um, This just in, by the way, uh, it looks like we're going to start talking about Iran and the story about the United States sending more troops into the Middle East because of these uh, ongoing tensions. Mike Pompeo will play for you what the Secretary of State said in just uh, just a few minutes ago, but just tweeted by the president eight minutes ago. Acting Secretary of Defense Patrick Shanahan, who has done a wonderful job, has decided not to go forward with his confirmation process so that he can vote more time to his family. Uh, The president says, I thank Pat for his outstanding service and will be naming Secretary of the Army Mark Esper to be the new acting Secretary of Defense. I know, fascinating timing. I have no doubt he will do a fantastic job. This is incredible timing. 
because we are probably closer now. I mean, there's still several steps that would have to take place for military action to, to ensue. But we are probably closer now to some sort of military action against Iran than we have been in a very long time. Does this have anything to do with this FBI investigation? The FBI has been examining what they call a violent domestic dispute from nine years ago between Patrick Shanahan and his wife at the time. This was part of the background investigation. Could be. I mean, so in that incident, he and his wife both claimed to police that they had been punched by the other. So this may have more to do with that than it has to do on how he feels about Iran or moving forward. Either way, it's it's either way. It's it's not great timing. No. So the United States announced last night, the, the acting secretary of defense at the time, Patrick Shanahan, announced last night that we, the United States, are going to be sending yet another thousand troops to the Middle East to deal with the tension that's been ratcheting up with Iran. Mike Pompeo was down in Florida meeting with the leaders of U.S. Central Command at the headquarters there in Tampa and was asked about all of this. I uh, made a quick statement outside after meeting with a bunch of the generals there. We all have to remember this isn't just uh, two and a half years or five years. This is 40 years of Iranian activity that has led us to this point. And to reestablish deterrence uh, is a challenge, but one that I know the Trump administration is up to. And we're working hard each and every day, both in the State Department and the Department of Defense and all of the elements of the United States government to achieve that. Um, the question about why Mike Pompeo, remember, Secretary of State, is meeting with members of the military. It's this thing. It's when you get into a bar fight and you're, uh, you're the Matt Damon you want to make sure that the Ben Affleck guy with the knuckles and the cleft chin has your back when you start mouthing off to the guy in front of you. Mike Pompeo has been gunning for Iran for years. Mike Pompeo and John Bolton both are all in with any sort of uh, aggressive action toward Iran. You know, the- It's the president who's been like, ah, let's not get into the Middle East situation. His supporters were also backing that mentality, loved that he pulled troops out of Syria. So for him, I think politically, uh, any sort of escalating war-type conflict with Iran is not great going into the election. There was a report going around. I saw it on CNN. Believe it if you want to. There was a report going around that Mike, uh, sorry, John Bolton was told by President Trump basically bring me a war because the assumption would be that a wartime president would be uh, less likely to lose an election. If we find ourselves in some sort of a military conflict in, in the next few months, it's a um, it's a show of strength on behalf of the United States. It's a show of I can protect us even if the right. threat is you know is outside of the United States. It brings the country together. Yeah, it, uh, but it, if there's so, a belief so, that it's a manufactured crisis, then you have to deal with that negative well, that's, aspect. That's of it. the way everything has been. That's the way the North Korea thing was going. That's the way that uh, what was the latest from what last week. Um, anyway, it just seems like there's all of these dramatic issues with with our with our non allies. Well, the, the tariff with Mexico is one exactly, example. Thank of, you. Of a that's, problem that's that gets exactly what I was blown thinking. up, and then he exactly. can swoop in and save the day. Right. Um, but so in 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 one aspect, what I'm hearing is that the president's saying out of one side of his mouth he doesn't want a war, but on the other, potentially saying that this could be good for me. Right. Who knows? I mean, I I don't know. Uh, the president. Here's the thing: it would cost way too much 
Uh, well, it, it's it's not, and the thing to, is, uh, to Iran, really. I mean, that they, they, they'd be looking at a regime change because they're already so anemic because of the sanctions the president has put on. They're already suffering economically, so any further tension there would mean that their leader can't take care of yeah. them, and they're, it would they're be politically complete, fractured uh, enough that yeah. that's going to happen. Um, the, so the other end of this is that the president is headed to Florida tonight as his big 2020 campaign announcement in Orlando at the Amway Center. I think it's five o'clock hour time. And I don't know if there's going to be a big deal that's made, but the president cannot ignore the microphones once he leaves the White House and goes to the helicopter to get onto the airplane. So we'll see when those comments take place. I don't know exactly what time he's scheduled to leave. But again, the big news, it looks like is that the acting Secretary of Defense, Patrick Shanahan, has decided to withdraw his name from the confirmation process, and the new acting Secretary of Defense will be Mark Esper, currently the Secretary of the Army. Coming up next, Frankie and Lola go to the Dominican Republic and come back very ill. Fins to the left, fins to the right. It's a mess. Do you get that, Monica, at all? It's Jimmy Buffett humor. Yeah, she doesn't. Jimmy Buffett. You know what? Is every dad, every dad right now. Wait, gets I know my who, humor. Oh, Hold okay. On. Well, I didn't know. I'm from I mean, Florida. I know who Jimmy Buffett oh, is. I just right. don't listen to his stuff. Got it. Minus like Margaritaville. Oh, I'll educate you. Bless your little heart. No, no. <laughs> Gary and Shannon. Monica has the latest. That's a Southern F you. <laughs> We got new information about that off-duty officer who shot and killed a man at that Costco in Corona. Learning more about what that altercation before the shots were fired may have been. His lawyer, I think, also said that the officer had been knocked out. Yes. So that adds a wrinkle to it we didn't know. Uh, The president tweeted about 20 minutes ago. That acting Secretary of Defense Patrick Shanahan has taken his name out of the confirmation process. Uh, no details given as to why. I did say he wanted to spend more time with his family, but everybody says that. Well, and we mentioned that the FBI has been investigating him as part of a background check and an altercation he had with his wife nine years ago where they both claimed the other punched them. So um, We have been following this story out of the Dominican pretty regularly for the last couple of weeks. And p- part of the reason is the spotlight is now on people who die overseas, specifically at the Dominican under mysterious circumstances. Another person died last week while staying at a, rep- a resort there in the Dominican, at least the ninth American tourist to die under mysterious circumstances. Joseph Allen. Not just to die, but to die under mysterious circumstances. 55 years old, found dead in his room Thursday at the Terra Linda Resort. He was celebrating a friend's birthday there. The night before his death, they say that he complained to friends about the heat. He went back to his room to take a shower and lie down. The maid opens the door, screams, slams the door. He's on the floor dead between his room and the bathroom. Uh, the um, 
a representative for the U.S. Embassy said a toxicology test would not be conducted on this. Uh, do you remember Layla Cox? We talked about her. She was the woman who died June 11th. She was uh, there for her birthday. She was uh, traveling by herself. The uh, toxicology on that will not be conducted on the mother's body because of broken machines, if you remember that whole story. So somebody's got to figure this out. But the FBI, like we've said before, has now been involved with the uh, reports of these deaths overseas. We've got more. We have a graduation trip to the DR for a group of teenagers from Oklahoma that took a turn when part of the group became mysteriously ill during their stay there. About 40 seniors who had just graduated from Deer Creek High School traveled there to stay at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. And this all-inclusive resort is the same location where two Americans have died and others got sick. They ate at a Japanese restaurant on the resort. At least five people became ill. A query from the floor? Yes. Sir. Uh, uh, where did you go for your senior trip? And, like, was there a... Are you kidding me? Like no. a school-sponsored trip to Cancun? Yeah. Or was it just a bunch of group of friends? It was uh, It was through a company that worked with the school, and I actually organized it, so I went oh. totally free. <laughs> <laughs> I, my question was, who the hell sends their kid to, to the Dominican Republic for a senior trip? Oh, and... Which school organizes this trip? There were a group of about 15, 20 of us that went. And then there was a group of uh, the less dangerous crowd that went to like Hawaii or something. The nerds. No, I oh. just said less dangerous. You, you can say the nerds. That's totally fine. That, that's a, okay, that's weird to me. Yeah. Send... I look back and I'm like, holy hell. What were my parents thinking? <laughs> I went with... I went, uh... What's Disneyland? Well, you're going to be, you're on your way out of the house anyway. You're leaving for college in a month and a half. They're yeah, not going to be able want, to supervise you there. I don't want my late teenager to die from alcohol poisoning in the Dominican. It's just a thing I have. I don't know. I mean, other parents may be like, whatever, but well, I have every a, kids are every kid is different. I suppose. You know, maybe that wasn't going to be that child's first brush with alcohol. Um, at the risk of getting in trouble with... My mother, Your mom. Did you? Oh, actually, she's in out of town. Alcohol. She's not listening. You know, there is an iHeartRadio app. She could listen. No, she's busy. Okay. Yeah. Um, Did you drink when you were in Cancun? Of course. See that? I don't understand that. It's a school thing. It's, it's eighteen is the uh, the limit there, but oh, they don't check I, cards yes. or anything. Well, you. They're been all they're all just watered down fruity drinks. <laughs> uh, then the Jimmy Buffett fan club also got sick. Oops. I'm going to do that. Watch this. Play. There it is. I get it. Don't worry about it. This is the one I know. I know, and that's why wow. I picked it. <laughs> you know what you should start with is, I want to say, let me I'm see. good. Uh, half of the members of a Jimmy Buffett <laughs> fan club from Oklahoma got sick back in April. The, would... <laughs> the Central Oklahoma Parrothead Association <laughs> said about 54... Out of the 114 people who stayed at the Hotel Ryu Palace uh, Macau in Punta Cana got sick. I would definitely recommend, Monica, for your Jimmy Buffett education, starting with the two-CD special of Boats, Beaches, Bars, and Ballads. And then be careful with the swim-up bar, because they're saying the common thread with the 54 out of the 114... 
The common thread is that they swam in the swim-up bar you know pool why? or had a drink in the swim-up bar. You know why you're sick from the swim-up bar, guys? Is because you, people don't wash themselves no, and they get in the that, pool and then they go to the swim-up bar and they oh eat God. food. It's that, and, you, and, oh, food is the problem? Oh, yeah. If because I'm drinking six you've beers got while sitting at the... fecal matter oh, on the, your hands oh, no. as you swim up there oh. and eat your tacos. That's, like, there's just if no if ands or be, uh, there's buts. Just, yeah, yeah, you, buts. Can't, buts. you yeah. cannot eat at a swim-up bar. No. I don't know how many times i got to go over this life lesson. But don't do it. I see people doing it all the time. You've just swum, th- swum. You've just swam through other people's stuff, uh. and you're not using Purell before you eat. You're not washing your hands. There's no sink at the swim-up bar. Just wait till you're out of the pool to eat the food, please. And and close your mouth when you're in the pool. There's that too. Like you just don't accidentally swallow the Margaritaville pool water. Because it could be pee. Oh. It could be anything, Monica. A lot of stuff. Monica. <laughs> Gary and Shannon. True Crime Tuesday when we come back. The woman who exemplified the woman from Fatal Attraction, Glenn Close, she's getting out of prison. Wait, I want to throw this in there because I think this is the funniest part of the story. Representatives for Jimmy Buffett did not immediately respond for comment. What the hell did Jimmy Buffett have to do with it? It's right. not his crap in the pool. Right. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry, I let one go. I, I had active <laughs> diarrhea within 14 days. My fault. My bad. My bad, guys. Nobody's fault, but it's really my fault. Because uh, we're going to be Shannon, you see the dad from Orlando that was trying to teach his daughter a lesson about short shorts? I love these dads, these stories. He had nice legs. <laughs> I don't think, no. No! That wasn't the takeaway, Monica. It was for me. <laughs> Do you, I, uh, I have a daughter about the age that would, uh, die a slow death on the inside if I did this to her. Yes. You think I should? <laughs> Does she wear those shorts? She has some short shorts. I mean, I've never seen her in shorts that short. Let me, hold on, stand by. I'll check the gram. Uh, I don't know if she, she's usually pretty careful about putting that stuff up on the Instagrams because she knows that I will uh, embarrass. I see no violate. Oh, these are kind of short. Uh-oh, which ones? Not too short, though. Don't rat her out. Uh, that's about as short as yeah, you get. I think that's, that's fine. Short. That's fine. Okay. Um, but yes, it would be funny. You you seem like the kind of dad that would do this. We'll talk about it coming up at 1220. My biggest issue is that I wouldn't want to ruin a pair of jeans by cutting them off like that just for the joke. Yeah. I don't know. You mean you wouldn't ruin a pair of jeans to save your daughter's honor? Well, I don't see it doing that. I see it embarrassing her and cauterizing any feelings she has about... Uh, Anyway, uh, at the top of uh, at the top of next hour, we're going to give you an update on that story out of the shooting at Costco. Uh, we're getting some more details about the confrontation that led to the shooting. We'll talk about that. What's going on with the police officer, the off-duty officer who was involved? 
Well, the woman known as the fatal attraction killer has been released from prison after 27 years. 27 years she did for the murder of her lover's wife. They called her the fatal attraction killer because she just would not let the relationship go. There have been so many true crime stories done about Carolyn Carolyn Warmus. You know, Oxygen, Lifetime, they've all given her the the true crime treatment. She uh, is going to be living somewhere in the state of New York. They haven't detailed exactly where it is that she will be. She killed Betty Jean Solomon back in 1989. Betty Jean Solomon was Carolyn's boyfriend's wife. She She wanted to get the wife out of the picture. Yeah, she was 23 when she began this affair where she was a teacher at an elementary school and she met another teacher. He was the fifth grade teacher and they started hooking up. They were sleeping together for a year and a half and he was said to have promised her that he would leave his wife once their teenage daughter graduated high school. But that's not what happened. He tried to break it off with her, and she said something to the effect of, I don't want to live if I can't have you. And he said something to the effect of, don't be overly dramatic. (laughs) Did he say these two keywords? Calm down. Probably. Probably. So she ends up killing Betty Jean Solomon, shoots her nine times in her house. Uh, In the back and the legs after she pistol whipped her in the head. And then Carolyn goes and meets her boyfriend at a hotel bar for some cocktails. And and then they get a little dirty and nasty in the car. They have sex in the car. Yeah. Ladies, if you're having sex in the car, you're not understanding your worth a little kinky but i like it okay wait for the guy that takes you to a a real bed at least yeah at least at (laughs) least vibrate yeah right it's got to be at a (laughs) hotel or a motel there should be bedding not do hourly rates there should be bedding it should not just be a mattress love lessons from shannon stay out of the car Stay out of the backseat. Uh, so they uh, he they meet up at the hotel bar. They get it on in the backseat of the car. Uh, her husband actually goes and finds the body when he gets home from that romantic slash sexual tryst with Carolyn. She gets away with this for more than a year because the the husband finds the body. The cops are like, right, sure you found her like this. And they were trying to pin it on him, but they never charged him with it because they simply didn't have the evidence. It was only when he went to Puerto Rico with a different woman, not Carolyn, was followed there by Carolyn. Carolyn. She followed them to Puerto Rico because she could not let this go. Yes. What a psychopath. I killed her for you. Uh, He told them that she was talk uh, that she was stalking him. And had followed him to the un, uh, island uninvited. She insisted that he did invite her to be there. Well, she was indicted a little bit more than a year after uh, Betty Jean Solomon's death. After police discovered she had actually purchased a gun from a private detective just a few days before the shooting. But always denied the killing. Claims that Paul, in fact, set her up to take Yeah, the, uh, she has it. never uh, wavered in that. She always has said that it was not her. Well, and it was enough that in the first trial, it was uh, it ended in a mistrial. And she was only convicted in the second trial of second-degree murder, 
which is why she got 27 years and was up for parole. So uh, she's out. This was a case that got a lot of headlines at the time because Fatal Attraction had just come out. And so uh, that movie was super buzzy at the time. And this one fell in line with a lot of the details. She does not look 55. I'll tell you that. She looks like she's about 70. And I don't know if uh, upstate prison will do that to you. Yeah, well, prison life, you don't have all the moisturizers that you have available to you when you're on the yeah, outside. but you're also, the, you've got zero There's sun no damage. There's no LDI in prison, you know? Huh, I wonder if that's true. I don't think they do prison visits, which is just another deterrent to not commit crime. When we come back, would you get onto a plane? I have a hard enough time with a car that will drive itself. Would you get onto a plane that would fly itself? Absolutely, 100% never. Why is that? I think I, I, have, a, I have a philosophy because about it. Because when I get I on board, theory. when I get onto that plane and I look in to my left to see those pilots mm-hmm. with their silver hair, yes. I feel like uh, safe. I feel safe. I feel like those stripes on their, on their shirts mean that they've got mean this. something yeah you know they they've don't got this, mean anything got this right? under control okay <laughs> and i get even more excited if there's a bonus pilot that's like uh you know just deadheading dead somewhere yeah. sitting in the jump seat just right if you need me it's a complete irrational feeling of safety that i get when i see pilots it's fine that's acceptable like when i go over to your house and your pilot friends there i feel yeah. safer just just sitting around right like what's he's going to land the house? If I don't know. Goes wrong. I don't know. He's going to jump in and take the controls of the house. I would assume so that somebody like a pilot is more calm during an emergency situation. That's than exactly what it is. It's people. a sta- or, it's a stable person. Or it's is like it a, that stable person are drawn to something like flying airplanes? I mean, I don't know. E- yeah, either one is fine. I'm maybe. just all right, we'll talk about these uh, the idea of a pilotless plane and see if you're ready for it. Gary and Shannon will continue. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Oh, we just got a message. And wild, they pour Show the sucks. Turn. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> show sucks today. <laughs> what did you say? Uh, nothing. I just kind of hate. I think it says something about we suck because uh, we're Trump haters. Weren't we just talking about a, like a, a murder? We're talking about the president. What did we? Oh, you know what we did say? We did say. You know what we did say that may have given him that that feeling as we said the words president trump and from yeah, those he could have taken anything really right i don't think we listen, why do people do this i don't I, you're gonna make me mad now you no, you do this no. on purpose you read stuff like that and you go i'm gonna tickle the bear or poke the bear never mind sorry <laughs> Do not poke the bear, dumbass. That's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, Now it's Tickle the Bear from here on out. Ah! Airbus. Let's talk about Airbus. That'll cheer you up. You're a pilot. Yeah, but listen, as much as uh, as technologically as advanced as an F-16 is, that cannot, should not, will not ever fly by itself. The chief salesman for Airbus says the company already has the technology to fly passenger planes without pilots at all. And is working on winning over regulators and travelers to this idea. There is, 
the idea that computer-operated autonomous cars, trucks, buses, that sort of thing are going to be on our streets very soon is fine to me. I don't have a problem with that because I believe that the technology exists to keep them relatively safe, at least safer than human drivers. Nothing wrong with that. It's a little weird sitting in a car if you have a friend who has a Tesla, or you do, I don't care, but uh, to sit in a car and they push the buttons and the thing goes by itself. That's it's weird to me, and it's just a matter of getting comfortable with it. But the idea of a plane, there's a there's a very important part of air travel that is different than car travel, and that is the third dimension. What if something goes wrong? Well, the the argument would be that the computer would be able to handle any problem faster than a human would. And I, I get that. I mean, that's why... So much of our time spent in the air, in a normal airplane anyway, it's all on autopilot. So much of it. Outside of uh, takeoff and landing, you flip a switch and they're they're reading magazines just like you are. They're on their iPad just like you are. Yeah, but they're there in case of emergency. Okay, now here's here's my theory. And that, that you, you nailed it. I want to know that... Whoever, whatever is in control of that airplane is as terrified as I am when the S hits the fan. Their life is on the line just like yours is. Absolutely. The computer isn't. I mean, you could tell the computer, hey, make sure that you get that beef in the back at, you know, to its location safely. That's different than, you know, Captain Bob up in the front left seat who's just about evacuated his bowels as strongly and viciously as I have because of the amount of turbulence that we've, or the wing has fallen off or something like, I want to make sure that that sheepskin is painted just like my seat (laughs) because, because in the event that a computer is in control of that airplane, it's not going to be the same thing. You know, your, your word smithery when you talk about evacuations is so poetic mm. and colorful. Thank you. That I think that you could do a book, maybe oh. like a bathroom book on uh, euphemism, poetry. For, yeah, for making mistakes. Potty poetry. Yeah. Potty poetry. I mean, I think there's a market for this. Several manufacturers are presenting unmanned aircraft at the Paris Air Show. Most of them for military purposes. Uh, some are also proposing pilotless air taxis for the future. Um, of course, a lot of people say that the issue of safety is a concern, especially with the headlines that we've been seeing about the 737 MAX jets. Yeah, let's not get cute. Let's just learn to fly the planes that we have now. Yeah. And listen, part of the problem with the MAX jets was it was a human component fighting the computer. If the computer were allowed to do it by itself, would those pilots have been able to survive? Would, would the people on board have survived if the if the computer handled that situation by itself? The um, I, I just want to know. I just want to know that somebody up there has just as much riding on it as I do in in seat seventeen B. That's just my thing. All right, coming up next. We're learning more about what led to the altercation at Costco between the off-duty LAPD officer and the man that he shot and killed. We'll tell you what his attorney is saying when we come back. To Gary and Shannon. 
Uncovered a big fight that's going on in Hollywood right now. You know Marie Kondo. Oh, everything has got to be in a place. Spark joy. Thank you for serving me, Mister T-shirt. The Netflix series tidying up. Yeah. One of the highlights, I'm told, of the series is her famous folding technique, Marie Kondo's. Well, now there's another woman who goes by the Beverly Hills organizer. Her name is Linda Cooper Smith. She counts Jennifer Lopez and Khloe Kardashian among many celebrity clients. She says she's been folding T-shirts like that in that upright fashion since the 90s. And it's her method. Yeah. And that Marie Kondo stole her method. She says it's included in her book that she wrote in 2005, A Beverly Hills Organizer's Home Organizing Bible. What's more, Cooper Smith says she's uploaded videos on YouTube, all date stamped long before Marie Kondo. All so they're about talking about the folding. folding it into thirds and then quarters from the so twelfths, folding it into twelfths at that point. I think that's a pretty common, uh, pretty common thing. It's full. It's the way you fold a uh, a T-shirt. I mean, yeah. there's only so many. There's only so many combinations. Combinations. I don't know. Blake, if you get to... how does uh, how does Pam fold your T-shirts? <laughs> I. Fold my T-shirts. Are you? No, you don't. Wait, do you stop just, it. Wait, oh, That's a lie. Let's pull the car over and examine this. Yep. Do you do your laundry? I do. It all goes in one big load, and I don't separate That's it whites fine. and yeah, colors. Nobody and does. You're a man. That's okay. But I do my own laundry. Yes, once a week. You fold it into thirds, sixths. Uh, you quarters. hang them. Most of them get hung up. Like if I'm wearing it, like shirts that I wear to work, I, I hang in my closet. But like your my, good T-shirts, my you hang up. T-shirts, I hang up. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, my other ones, they get folded into quarters, just the like the boom, boom. When did you leave behind? When did this begin? Which part? <laughs> you doing your own laundry. <laughs> I don't know. Sometime during high school is when I started doing well, it. Well, that's good for you. I was playing too many sports and stuff and stuff kept getting dirty. I had to get stuff washed. Good job, Blake. Thanks, man. <laughs> I do have a problem with the quarters thing. though. You fold what? that in half. So you got a, you got a line right down the middle. Is that well, what you're doing? It's I like do it like this. Yeah, you fold it into yeah. thirds. And then it's like a, undershirts a and stuff I like do yard work in. Those are the only shirts that get folded. How did you go from being uh, 19 to 74? You What's, do yard work? Well, I don't always wear a shirt when I do yard work. Okay, that's enough. Don't need to know about Blake and his short shorts out there in the garden. <laughs> Well, we are hearing more about what went down on Friday night at that Costco in Corona. They said that it was a typical Friday night, actually, at the Costco. Uh, It was packed, obviously. It was the Friday night before Father's Day. What do you do on Father's Day? Usually you grill, probably a lot. So, um, you know, it it was busy. And this off-duty L.A. police officer, LAPD uh, Southwest Division officer, his wife and their baby were among the other people in a line to taste some barbecue. So was the other guy at issue, 32-year-old Kenneth French and his parents. They were shopping for a Father's Day barbecue as well. It was in this samples line that the altercation began, according to the officer's attorney. David Winslow is his name. 
And he says it's still unclear what incited the dispute, but that the officer was knocked to the ground by this guy, Kenneth French. Then that's when the officer began firing his gun several times as everybody else in the vicinity took off the other way. The the cousin here, is it the cousin, the guy, uh, Rick Saray, uh, is Kenneth French's cousin. He had posted that uh, statement on Facebook, basically soliciting information from people who may have witnessed all of this. He's since taken that post off of Facebook, but he's still very vocal about what's been going on and has said that witnesses have contacted him and the family to tell them what they saw and that their accounts do not match those of what has been reported by the police department. Now, he says he's not going into further detail because he doesn't want to compromise the investigation. It's very smart. Uh, In the event that there was a confrontation and this officer, who at the time is just a private citizen, I mean, just sitting there with his kid, felt threatened. Uh, it's it's strange that he would have gone so, uh, you know, maybe he hits his head on the cement floor or whatever. I, I don't know why he would have gone unconscious, but he's feeding his son in his arms, and within seconds he's on the ground, wakes up from being unconscious, and was fighting for his life, according to the officer's attorney. I think the New York Times identified him. The LAPD has not yet identified the officer in this case, and according to the LAPD, they have not been... Uh, they have not announced exactly what sort of work status this guy's on. I know it's been reported that he's on administrative duty, that he's on a desk job now. But a police source told the Times that he was with his family, had not actually been placed on any sort of leave. And if you remember, Corona police decided not to arrest him based on the initial statements of the witnesses. There was a belief that, that he was acting fully within his rights at that point because he feared for his life or he feared for the life of his son that he was with. Uh, The Times spoke with a woman who lives in the Toronto area and had been friends with the French family for more than a decade. They said that uh, the couple, mom and dad and Kenneth, moved to California from Canada a few years ago to help care for uh, some elderly parents. And they said that, uh, you know, they're shocked the whole bit that Kenneth... French was not the person to provoke anyone, which is why the situation was so difficult for her to understand. But here's the thing. I mean, if somebody is dealing with developmental issues, just because they're a gentle giant, as he has been described, doesn't mean that uh, the behavior can can swing the other way, I would assume. Yeah. And then if there were descriptions of this guy as a gentle giant by his family, there have been other descriptions of this guy that were not quite as gentle. Right. Uh, like that, with the, just a few days before this happened, he was described running, literally running away from the house. This is a 32 year old man, uh, you know, 200 pounds, give or take, who's, you know, running at full speed. You don't know what that's. If you're running up against this guy and he's running straight at you and you don't know what's happening. And he doesn't know what's happening, and he's easily confused by this, depending on what's going on. I'm not trying to make excuses for the officer here in terms of what's going on, but we clearly do not know the full story. And I think the video is probably the best evidence that Corona police are going to have in determining whether or not, or I should say Riverside DA, whether or not the officer needs to be charged here. So, Well, do you know a guy by the name of Max Landis? He is a screenwriter, son of director John Landis. 
He has a bunch of women lining up, accusing him of some misdeeds, shall we say. Sexual, physical, uh, physical and emotional abuse. Yay. We'll tell you about it when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Oh, Lord, I'm Shannon. Did you see all of that talk yesterday on social media about O.J. Simpson? We we covered it yesterday. He's on Twitter. He made a big splash over the weekend posting several videos saying that he's got um, some getting even to do. Mm-hmm. Just insanity. So then last night, I think it was Rick Johnson that posted. Uh, uh, remember, O.J. was pissed off because there's so many O.J. parody accounts. Yeah, and he said he's going to fight back against them. Yeah, so OJ's like DMing people that have these phony OJ accounts and threatening sent, them. Yeah, threatening, threatening them to take down their parody accounts. And then in one case, sent a guy the knife emoji. Like a bunch of said, them. Said, don't mess with me. <laughs> I know how to find you. And then knife emojis. I uh, clearly, it's, I don't know. I was going to say, somebody has other access. Somebody else has access to his account. But no, no, no. That's I think him. he's just crazy enough. He's so narcissistic and knows he got away with murder and is now using knife emojis to threaten people to take down their parody accounts on Twitter. <laughs> uh, we found out just at the, the beginning of the show that Patrick Shanahan, the acting secretary of defense, has taken his name out of the running. The president tweeted today that Shanahan has done a wonderful job but was going to step aside to devote more time to his family. The Secretary of the Army, Mark Esper, is going to step in as the new acting secretary. The the We haven't had an actual Secretary of Defense since uh, James Mattis retired back in January. Um, John Land, everybody knows John Landis, the director. 80s, 90s John Landis was uh, iconic. His son... Max is now in some trouble. Max, you may know from the movie Bright. I think that was the one on Netflix with uh, Will Smith. Uh, American Ultra. He's a screenwriter. And he has been accused by eight different women in a new piece from the Daily Beast. The stories seem to mirror each other. Uh, He would first welcome these young, vulnerable women into his exclusive circle of friends which the story subjects characterize as a lure and eventually a shield against the blowback of his actions. He would aggressively pursue women, and then once in a relationship, he would shame, belittle, abuse them physically, psychologically. They said he sort of just wears you down. He's that persistent. He sees something shiny and he wants it. He's like, I have to have it. He would systematically try to have sex with all the women I knew, according to one former friend and ex-girlfriend. We're not people to him. These multiple women accusing him of uh, physical abuse, psychological abuse, um, emotional abuse. It all started because there was a post back in February uh, on the website Medium in which a woman wrote uh, anonymously that Max Landis had grabbed her, pinned her down while she was drunk during a trip. And eventually she said she pretended to pass out and went limp. And at that point, he stopped. Well, that post 
apparently, is what prompted an ex-girlfriend to come forward and share her story with the Daily Beast, uh, Annie Baker. And she described in the Daily Beast an incident in which he became violent after they had had sex, where she smacks him on the butt, and he turns around, puts his hands around her throat, and reading from what she said, he got very close to my face. He said, I will effing kill you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I will effing kill you. There's another woman. Uh, they called her Veronica. Said she went to Disneyland with this guy in 2017. They stayed overnight in a, in a room with a couple of different beds. She woke up the next morning with him performing upon her, even though she had said the night before she wasn't interested in doing that again which apparently they'd had consensual sex the night before. There, here's here's why, what I... Why are you staying? Well, there, okay. Let's, let's, let's clearly state... I understand There's no that, victim no, shaming No, no, here. I'm not victim shaming. I'm just saying it's hard for me to be... I've never been in a relationship like that. Um, but I'm, I'm watching it actually play out on Big Little Lies. It's just helping me understand where women who are in volatile relationships like this that are violent at times, how, um, why they want to stay in it or why they can't leave, I guess is a better term to describe it. Um, it's just hard when you've never had that mentality or been in a relationship like that, thankfully. Yeah. I, I, consider yourself lucky because I think a yeah. lot of people have some instance or some story about this. There was another ex-girlfriend, gave her name. Her name is Danny Manning. Not that Danny Manning. Uh, she recalled Max Landis, quote, choking me to a point where my eyes were blacking out at a party. She talked about his emotional abuse. The emotional abuse took control of me to the point where I got down to 115 pounds at 5'10", still not skinny enough. He'd smack food out of my hand in front of his family to stop me from eating it. I'm out. I'm out. We're going to stop right there. The family, right? If my son... In front of me or his mother or his sister or any of the grandparents or aunts or uncles treated somebody like that, he would be taken out behind the woodshed. And I, I it, it's just a weird it's a weird thing that you would look the other way if someone was doing that in front of you. Right. Now it it would be even if could you imagine if somebody did that to my daughter in front of me? Now, the, he, she's talking about this was done. Max was doing it in front of his own family. She was a guest in the house, whatever. But if somebody had done that to your daughter while you were at the dinner table with them, smacking the food out of her hand, even jokingly. My family would laugh at that. They would they would laugh at that. And mine would encourage it. Yeah, that's not my, my, my family would get a kick out of that. Like easy there. The, Do you really need that extra roll? Pretty the, sure mine has done that to me. The yeah, yeah. I, I agree. My brother has done that to me, but not your boyfriend, not your husband, not somebody who has the oh, power so to it's emotionally. Okay for your brother to no, make no, no. fun of the size of your ass. But I'm he's saying, not your boyfriend. Listen, brothers do that for sisters. It's our favor to you. You're welcome. But brothers are able to tell you you have birthing hips. Ew. <laughs> I think you need to block your brother. Yeah, you need to. No, we, we haven't traded insults like that for 20 years. Not out loud. Not in front of the family. He became a nice person in adulthood. <laughs> uh, it changes people, doesn't it? Mm-hmm.
But I, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, it, it's one thing if you're trapped in one of these relationships and you, you don't think there's a way out or you're you've fallen under the manipulation. Um, but when other people are bystanders to it, whether it's friends or family, it makes it even harder to, to grasp because you're absolutely right. You know, if you saw somebody belittling your your loved one or if it was your loved one doing the belittling, there'd be a conversation. Yeah, that, but I, you know what? That's the thing, though. Guys like this, they find like the vulnerable girls, the ones that are go- they have like a, a magnetic ability to find the girls that they can pull this crap with. But is this and uh, I shouldn't say but and is this a learned behavior? Is somebody modeling this for him? Does he see this uh, in terms of how to manipulate people or is it just something he, that's worked for him over the course of the years? Or is it daddy's so successful, I feel like nothing, so I'm going to make somebody else feel like more than nothing? Or oh, daddy's so successful that, oh, I guess that mentality goes into it and could also be part of daddy's so successful, I'm protected. I know that you, you wouldn't ever probably a little bit of fight both. against me because yeah, probably a little I have of the both. power to, to you know ruin whatever career you think you're going to get. Gross. Uh, anyway, uh, Max Landis has not responded to a comment or, or responded to any of these stories, whether it's the one in uh, Medium, the one in Daily Beast, or now there's one also in Vanity Fair describing each of these, uh, and he has not yet commented. So, All right, coming up next, we've got a vaccine bill to talk about. Can I even say the word? Nope. I feel get- like we just got nine emails. Your show sucks. You guys are so pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, vaccine, vaccine, (laughs) pro-vaccine, anti-vacciners. Good times. I like this show. I'm having a good time. Gary and Shannon will continue. uh, Monica. Wow. Wow. You're looking right at her and you called her Amy. I'm not looking at her. She's hiding behind the monitor. I can't see who's over there. Are you height shaming me? No. No. Just because Amy's taller than me and can see right into your eyes. <laughs> I quit. Still glow. Oh, The president is preparing to formally announce his re-election campaign. He's threatening to remove millions of people living here illegally. There's a pair of tweets that were sent out to his base, warning that the action will begin next week. U.S. officials say immigration officers were not aware that the president would publicize sensitive law enforcement plans. You know, somebody told ABC News, an official uh, told ABC News that the, despite the threat in the tweet, there is no imminent threat of deportation for a lot of these people. But the president is going to be on his way to Florida. About an hour from now, the president and first lady are expected to leave the White House to get into Marine One, head over to uh, uh, Joint Base Andrews to get on Air Force One and head on down to Florida for tonight's big campaign rally the kickoff for 2020 officially and uh, we i do expect to see the president make some comments about this and about iran so we'll probably be paying attention to that when he uh, makes his exit from the white house well a uh, uh, california lawmaker has changed what has become a rather contentious bill that would tighten vaccine exemptions 
because of our national measles outbreak. Dr. Senator Dr. Richard Pan, a Democrat from Sacramento, uh, authored Senate Bill 276, and he put some amendments in there to follow with uh, the negotiations with the governor's office because the governor thought that this was going to create an immunization bureaucracy that was going to interfere with the doctor-patient relationship. So as it stands now and with these new amendments, the governor says he will support Senate Bill 276. Here's the thing. The bill is going to make it more difficult for a doctor to exempt a kid from shots by granting the State Department of Public Health the oversight authority. Originally, they were going to allow for the health department to review and reject, potentially reject, anybody's medical exemption that had been approved by a doctor. So right now, what it's going to do is it takes a step back from that. It will allow for those reviews by the health department only at schools with immunization rates of less than 95%. So if there's a school that is particularly at risk uh, or a school with students who are particularly at risk, those are the ones who could have this Department of Public Health oversight. And if the doctor who grants the uh, the exemption has been granting five or more medical exemptions in a year, part of the problem is that some doctors out there had been advertising on the Internet and the blogs of spheres. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, public health advocates obviously support tougher immunization laws. Three out of four Californians, according to the most recent poll, support strong requirements. But those are the quiet voices. The loud voices have been people like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's been fighting what he calls a draconian proposal. And he was met with uh, Jessica Beale, the actress, when they stormed the Capitol with other parents. The anti vaxxers much louder than the public health advocates or the the three out of four Californians that support strong rules. The uh, the doctor who wrote this again, the state senator, Richard Pan, happens to be a doctor. He said this bill is needed in order to target the unscrupulous physicians who have been profiting off of the uh, granting these unneeded exemptions. So the bill is also uh, less prescriptive on what medical conditions would actually qualify for an exemption, including consideration of family medical history. It now requires that an exemption only fall under the standard of care. There's a privacy issue here as well that does play into this because in applying for that medical exemption, the parents and the doctors agree basically to make public a child's medical record. Well, I mean public in terms of turning it over to the Department of Public Health so that they have oversight on all of this, which a lot of people are going to have problems with as well. Now, as California already has some of the strictest childhood vaccination laws in the country, the doctor can excuse a kid from some or all vaccinations if there is a medical reason to do so. But like we said, there have been some doctors who have been coming out and shall we say, providing services for a fee and turning this into a uh, profit. No, I swear. Oh, my gosh. I I would have never guessed that that would have happened. That's what happened. Um, Oh, gosh. I'm just looking at what we're going to be talking about next. So I guess San Francisco has successfully cleaned up all the feces off the streets. I have been in San Francisco within the last 72 hours. Is it 72 or not? Did you see feces? Did you smell the urine? No, actually, I was close enough to the water. I didn't smell the urine. There was enough of a breeze. I didn't feel overwhelmed by human pee-pee. But there's more trash alongside the roads in San Francisco. And listen, 
I'm a huge critic of the, the amount of crap that we have on our roadways here. This was stunning to me that there's that much trash just sitting on the side of the road. Not in a homeless encampment, not in an empty lot. On the road, you can't get a street sweeper up in that? Well, apparently that's not one of the priorities uh, for San Francisco. Uh, they are going to go after e-cigarettes, apparently. Oh, Listen, I'm not a fan of e-cigarettes and vaping and the whole bit. It's not for me. I mean, you do you. But uh, is this what the city should be worried about? Yes. Priorities. It's interesting what they pick and choose to be paternalistic about, isn't it? Like, there's a guy crapping in the street, and it's like, ah, you do you. And then there's a guy that gets a a vape pen, and it's like, oh, I don't know about that for you. Let me trade your vape pen for this clean needle. (laughs) Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan stepping down before his formal nomination ever went to the Senate. He is now citing a painful family situation. He says that would hurt his children and quoting here, reopen wounds we have worked years to heal. So less about Iran, more about the FBI digging into that fight he had with his wife nine years ago when they both claimed that the other punched him. We'll talk more about that at uh, 1230 when we get into Swamp Watch. Also at uh, 1220, the story of a, a good dad, a dad that I think we all uh, think should be nominated for dad of the year. The guy who decided to publicly shame his daughter by wearing the same clothes she does. To try to point out how ridiculous they look. I, I've seen this this happen before yes, a couple of times. A new, it's gone viral. But I, I love it every time because it shows that the dads are engaged and they care. And that they have a jovial relationship with their kid. It amazes me sometimes to, to sound like an old you know, washed to sound like my own parents. It amazes me to see. Not that my parents are washed up. I should. Take yeah, I was going to backtrack, but I would. I could hear my parents saying this. How's that? It amazes me to see what these young women are wearing on campus, on high school campuses, <laughs> despite, despite recommendations and actual clothing rules that exist. Because I want to know. Wait a minute. Do you not have parents? Did your parents not see you today before you left for school? Some parents don't care. Some kids change after they leave the house. That well, too. my my wife uh, has done that. She's admitted to that. She'll leave the house and then change her clothes. As a high school student, not as a current. I don't remember any time when I was going somewhere and my parents said, what are you wearing? No, no, no. But I also don't remember dressing like a, uh, that way. Oh, what? <laughs> Maybe I did. I just don't remember. San Francisco is really nailing things down lately. Uh, they do not have a homeless problem. They do not have a problem with people using their sidewalks as toilets. They do not have uh, an issue with open uh, hypodermic needle use. They do not have a problem with um, with anything, actually. Because now they're banning, or at least looking at banning... The sales of all electronic cigarettes to crack down on youth vaping. San Francisco supervisors, yes, considering whether to become the first city in the United States to ban all sales of electronic cigarettes. This is because they want to crack down on youth vaping. 
They are set today to uh, talk about this ban on the sale and distribution of e-cigarettes. Until the U.S. FDA completes its review of the effects of e-cigarettes on public health, as well as banning manufacturing e-cigarettes on, on city property. Yeah, some of the numbers. E-cigarettes since 2014, the most commonly used tobacco product among young people. Centers for Disease Control says the number of high school and middle school students who use tobacco products increased by 36%. 2017 to 2018, they arise uh, attributed to e-cigarette use. Statement from the FDA says that they will continue to tackle the troubling epidemic of e-cigarette use among kids. If you want to do something, I would say uh, activate, mobilize your lobbyists to have lawmakers go after the tobacco companies. That's that's how you're going to see results. That's how cigarettes were able to be stamped out uh, pretty much. But, you know, the, the tobacco industry is very clever. And they regrouped and they came through with these vaping products. But what about for adults who are, are smokers? Um, what, what do you do with that? They can't smoke inside the city? Well, one of the people who works for one of these e-cigarette companies says the prohibition of vapor products for all adults in San Francisco will not effectively address underage use. True, true story. And will leave cigarettes on shelves as the only choice for adult smokers, even though they kill 40,000 Californians every year. The American Vaping Association, man, I want to get a card for that little club, also does oppose the proposal for San Francisco, saying adult smokers deserve access to less hazardous alternatives. I'm not a fan of kids picking up cigarettes or vape pens or whatever. I hate it. Uh, it's it's terrible. But for San Francisco, San Francisco to be all high and mighty and decide that this is a problem that they're going to tackle instead of uh, cleaning the human feces off the streets... I know that there's a figure on just how much human feces is on the streets. Stand by while I pull that up. Ooh, great. Where, where do you go for that? Poopnumbers.com? It's so bad that they had to hire a team of, uh, of five people and pay them six figures to clean up the human feces off the streets. Uh, wish I was a member of the fecal team. Hmm. That would be a great T-shirt to get. San Francisco's fecal team. While you look that up, I'm going to question why it is that San Francisco can't pull their heads out of their asses and figure out what's going on here. The, the supervisors for San Francisco spending time on considering this, whether or not they're going to ban across the entire city e-cigarette sales, e-cigarette manufacture, etc., because that's what they're concerned about with kids. I agree with you. Hate it. Think it's stupid. Don't like walking through it. Giggle every time I see somebody with a giant vapor cloud coming out of their car window as I drive to work every morning. When the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, was running for office, she said publicly in one of her first interviews, I will say there is more feces on the sidewalks than I had ever seen growing up here. It was the same week that a 20-pound plastic bag full of human waste was found on a street corner there. There was an investigative report that found that more than 300 piles of feces and 100 drug needles were found in the tenderloin, just in the tenderloin in March. In March, 300 piles of feces, 100 drug needles in one district. 300 piles of feces in one month. But e-cigarettes. Yes, but e-cigarettes. Yes, but vaping. 
clean needles. Gosh. Clean needles. Give me that vape pen. Yeah. Here's a brand new needle for you to try heroin the first time. And then uh, allow you. Oh, oh, do you need some some toilet paper to finish your job there out on the corner that you done? I'll give you that, too. Thank you for your service. <laughs> well, when we come back, we're going to get into all of our trending stories. Thank What's going you on? for your service. <laughs> All over the internet when we come back to the Gary and Shannon Show. Gary and Shannon. One o'clock hour, Jim Ryan is down in Orlando getting ready to cover the big presidential rally tonight. President Trump, Vice President Pence, they're on their way there to kick off the 2020 election campaign. Tonight's the official, official kickoff, they said. I guess the president's going to leave the White House in about 30 or 40 minutes. Uh, When he does, we'll be paying attention because a lot of times in the last several weeks, he uh, likes to make sure that he gets some comments in there before he boards air, uh, before he boards Marine One for the short trip out to Andrews. So we'll uh, we'll pay attention to that. See if he says anything. What do you what you keep well, telling me? You gotta, so uh, we were be good. I've screwing, been waiting for an hour. Now. We've been screwing. We were screwing around in the office this morning per usual. Uh, we're playing a new game that that Blake and Gary made up uh, called what is it called? It's called uh, Doorway Split the Linebackers Over the Middle, See if Blake Can Catch the Pass. Blindly, basically. Blind, yeah. So it effectively is Blake running down the hallway and you throwing him the ball. Out the office door. Out the office door. So we had some fun with that. And one of our friends (laughs) wrote simply, what a mess, in caps. And she has an absolute point. My hands or the office? This office is a (laughs) GD disaster area, as my mother would call my room. Really? A disaster area. I I mean, did you see the footage? You get a real big swath of the homeless encampment that is our office. I'm kind of blind to it I mean, it looks like San Francisco minus feces on the floor. We well, can we fix could, that. Yeah, I was going to say, we could change that. Yeah. And then just start calling our uh, calling our office the city by the bay. <laughs> Bring the light. Time for uh-huh. What's Happening. I was just listening to nine one one audio from the fight between Patrick Shanahan and his wife from nine years ago. Acting Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan that has stepped down this morning before his formal nomination ever went to the Senate. He says it's a painful family situation. He doesn't want to hurt his kids, reopen these wounds. And so he is withdrawing his name he had to have believed this was coming though the fbi has been looking into this event that happened nine years ago for the past several days yeah i I guess it was just the publishing of it from usa today they were reported the first time about this domestic violence incident and it's it's they but like you said earlier they both claimed the other one punched them uh although i guess she didn't have a mark on her which is an interesting way to claim that uh, he was punching her anyway uh 
the current Secretary of the Army is going to be the new acting Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper. We saw this going on while we were on the show yesterday. The uh, NBA champion, your North American champion, the Toronto Raptors, had a huge parade to celebrate their winning of the Jet. O'Reilly Trophy? Jet, what is that called? It's, NBA uh, Trophy? He was the commissioner in the in the 70s and 80s, O'Reilly, I believe. Jack O'Reilly. The big basketball. Something trophy. O'Reilly, yeah. Uh, it turns out that there was a shooting that took place uh, less than a block from where all of the Toronto Raptors and Canadian Prime Minister Gaston were on stage. Four people shot, thousands took off, three people arrested, two guns recovered, and they said they did not discuss a possible motive for the attack. Probably just drunk idiots in the streets. What? Everyone got shoved. Yeah, it was a huge mob. And after that, we saw for about two seconds looking at each other, turned around again, everyone started running around us. And then everyone just said there was a gun being pulled. All of the four people, uh, non-life-threatening injuries. There were some people who also got some injuries as they were trying to get away from the uh, away from the shooting itself. And they're asking for anybody who may have been, you know, recording with your phone or anything like that in that area to come forward. I thought it was funny that Kawhi Leonard had not even given his speech at that parade before people were speculating if he was going to stay or go to the Clippers. <laughs> Stupid. Did you hear how he signed off on his speech? How he no. did the, the awkward laugh? So when he first went from the Spurs to um, to Toronto, he held a press conference and it went viral because of a laugh. That he, oh, the odd laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, ha, 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 ha. And so he did that at the end of his speech at the parade. The good news about David Ortiz. Remember, he, of course, he was shot last Sunday in the Dominican Republic. Uh, nine days later, they say he has been upgraded from serious to good condition. He is still in the ICU, and they've said all along that he would make a full recovery from this, even though he was shot almost point blank in the back. Uh, they have arrested nine men in connection with the shooting. They released the mugshot for the man who actually did the shooting. They said a 25-year-old Rofi Ferreira Cruz. Um but they have not picked him up yet, apparently. Facebook is getting into the cryptocurrency world. The name Libra for its cryptocurrency venture. They say that that's apropos because, according to consumer advocates, it's going to take quite the balancing act for Facebook to pull this off. I don't understand it. I'm not going to lie to you. I have never been able to fully wrap my head around cryptocurrencies and what they are and how they work. Smarter people than me are the ones making millions on this stuff or smarter people than me that are losing millions on stuff like this. I think it's for more like uh, your kids, you know, we're, uh, I don't think we're the target demo. How much, uh, how much Bitcoin would you say you have right now? I don't have any. Are you sure you might? I might. Just not know it. Did you hear about this United flight from Venice to Newark? Mm-mm. Lot of ants, tons of ants crawling on uh, on all the travelers. Their seats, the windows, the luggage compartments. Ugh. At one point, ants spilled out of an overhead bag. <laughs> the cabin crew scrambled to contain the situation with limited resources. Ugh. Ants everywhere. Did I ever tell you about the time that uh, I went to IHOP and I had put some of that jam in my purse? 
you know, the strawberry jam. I have an idea of where this story is about to go. Loosely or in a packet? It was yeah, in, just like take a it little spoonful. It was in the, in the little and... plastic thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 It was just for it. a later little, date. It was for a later ah, date. Got it. We've all done that, right? Yes, we've all... Yeah. Yeah, well done that. Stolen jelly packets from IHOP. I like to take the little containers of them. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what, she what I'm referring the to. Plastic thing. No, with the, with the, the foil glass top. Ones. That... No, the fancy ones. Oh, oh what is feet? wrong with you? You're, You're an animal. Bougie. Oh, all right. So this was just one of those little plastic containers, and uh, unbeknownst to me, it had opened. In the way you like know, a highlighter, you know the way I treat my yeah, purse exactly, <laughs> like, like a it's a football, right? So I'm covering a trial when all of a sudden, and it's a high-profile trial, and all of a sudden I see a couple ants, and they're leaving my purse. <laughs> and they have jelly all over. Their and they faces. have jelly all over their faces. <laughs> I basically took that purse. I took my wallet out of it and maybe uh, my my planner and then threw everything else right in the Burned garbage. Burned in the trash yeah. can. Yeah. Uh, finally, this sounds like a news nugget. We may have to keep it through uh, for Friday. Alabama investigators say a man kept a caged attack squirrel in his apartment and fed it meth to make sure that it stayed aggressive. Do we know where Burt Weiner is? Because he has a pet squirrel. I don't know. Well, this guy's 35 years old. I Bert, I think, is 40. Uh, they're thinking they're looking for 35-year-old Mickey Polk on multiple charges, including possession of meth. The uh, animal control said that they were able to release the animal successfully because it is illegal in Alabama to have a pet squirrel. Did you know that? It's illegal to have a pet I squirrel in Alabama? I actually did. What? Really? I used to work in Huntsville, which is uh, the same market as where this happened. Did, did pet squirrels? <laughs> How did that Pet come squirrels up? squirrels come up a lot? Yeah, how did that come up? Um, you're not allowed to keep rodents. Um, and I think there was a hoarding case that we, I don't know, that, uh. that we reported on. And there was a bunch of cats and dogs and squirrels and possums and all kinds of stuff in that house. Do you think that Bert <laughs> Wait, keeps that hold squirrel hold illegally? I want to read you this line from the Limestone County Sheriff's Office. There is no safe way to test the squirrel for meth. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. The spokesman for the sheriff's department had to actually say that. Coming up next, a father of the year story to tell you about. I love it when dads do this. Shaming their kids into wearing more appropriate attire. By the way, I want to give kudos to the daughter as well. Yes. I'll explain when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. This is the second time you've commented on a man's legs. I I think wait. you have something for men's legs. I hate that you're bringing up the first time, but well, I'm not going to get yeah. into details. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really. Gary wants to now legs. know what you think about his legs. Oh my god! Get ready. I feel like this is inappropriate because I'm like commenting on my brother's legs or something. Oh, you do have nice calves. All right. He's got calves like a ballerina. Yeah, you do. No, no, don't point to your butt. <laughs> Your wife is listening. She doesn't care. 
He's my hero. Oh. Half's like a ballerina. Yeah. Yeah, that's a compliment. That is a compliment. Yeah. Okay. Or like legs like a baseball player, that's also a compliment. I choose ballerina. Yeah, same, <laughs> honestly. Jason Hilly Jason is Hilly. the father of two from Orlando, Florida, who we applaud this morning because he's got a 14-year-old daughter. Her name's Kendall. And he wanted to show her, in his words, a little lesson about fashion and modesty. He explained uh, that Kendall took his debit card and she said, go buy yourself some shorts. So she gets on the computer and she does that. Uh, he was confused when Kendall tried to leave the house in her old short shorts. And he asked, why aren't you wearing your new shorts? And she said, these are my new shorts. And that's when he had the idea. He went into his room, took some old jeans, cut them. So not only did he cut them super short, he then also rolled them up super short and walked into her room, mom holding the camera behind her, behind him, walked into Kendall's room and showed her how ridiculous those short shorts look. Yeah, exactly. Who's her shorter, babe? I can't handle y'all. Who's her shorter? <laughs> y'all are the same. I love this family. I'm picking her up in school. Put these on. These aren't even that short. No, neither are mine. <laughs> <laughs> and he threatened, you may have heard there, he threatened to pick her up from school wearing those shorts all the time. And he's like posing with like one leg raised on the bed, like sticking his butt out. Like, <laughs> like Gary just, like like Gary Gary just, just did. did. Exactly. Minute, but I'm not showing you all full thighs. Is this because you didn't get groped at our news and brews on Friday? Were you expecting a little bit of attention and it didn't happen? Is what? Beca- what do you mean? You standing up to show Monica your disrobed leg and then pointing My to your... My disrobed leg? Monica. Honestly, then... I think the answer is that Gary wears short shorts to the next news and brews. Don't do that to everybody now, else. I've done that. <laughs> you uh, have? Well, not at a news and brews, but I've done... Oh. I've done questionable clothing choices for events that are considered work events. Really? Like the halter dress that you wore to Conway's birthday? Yes. And the pink mesh top with, or sorry, the oh, black mesh top with right. the pink hot shorts. Hot I saw a picture of you from that event, and it it stayed with me. Is that Ew. the, the poster size picture you have of me in your uh, in your basement? No, oh. it's those dad bod man nipples. That's what gets you. It's not just the nipples; it's the full, you know, breast. It's a full picture. Yeah, someone just offered me leg pictures on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is seems to be your thing. You know, some women uh, are into... Yeah. I'm a leg and butt girl. Uh, beards. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm into that, too. Wow. You are I'm into opening a lot of things, yourself Shannon. up to... Uh, <clears throat> Coming up next. Quite a range of images. We'll clean it up a little bit. Into your inbox. And head into Swamp Watch. Could beards. be worse. Leg picks aren't, aren't that bad. Yeah. She also she added a couple of other parts in there. She may be busy for the next few minutes, if you know what I'm saying. Swamp Watch when we come reading back. Reading the news? I don't know. Sure, that's what they call it. Reading mm. the news. Gary and Shannon. Monica. It's in quotes. Get up off your
mentioned the uh, president going to make his way to Florida in a little while. A few minutes from now, he's expected to come out of the White House, get onto uh, Marine One, and make that short trip over to Andrews. If he makes any comments to the uh, the reporters that are usually out there, we'll make sure that we bring them to you. One of the things that he was tweeting about was a threat last night to remove millions of people, uh, to deport millions of people living in the United States. He is warning that the election, uh, sorry, that the action would begin next week. Some immigration officers said they were not aware of, sorry, were not aware that the president would publicize anything like that, and that they said that there is no actual action imminent. So we'll see if that uh, comes up at all today in either his comments before he leaves or in that big campaign rally in Orlando. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Acting Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan stepping down before his formal nomination ever went to the Senate. Interesting timing, but it seems to be less about Iran and more about the FBI digging into a fight he had with his wife nine years ago. Uh, Brian Suits, host of Dark Secret Place, is joining us to talk a little bit more about this. Let me ask you first, Brian, does, does it matter to the rank and file who is the Secretary of Defense? Uh, you mean of, of the military? Hey, it... it um... If it's positive, you don't think about it. If it's negative, if it's a weasel, uh, then it kind of does. But overall, unless they show up at your FOB and hand out coins, it it really doesn't affect you. The check's clear and all that. This guy, Patrick Shanahan, uh, looks like he got out of this because the FBI was about – or because the USA Today – was publicizing information about the FBI's background investigation, maybe some domestic violence involved. Uh, would that have scuttled his uh, confirmation? Um, it would have because nobody wants to scratch the surface of it. In, in 2010, um, back in Seattle, uh, his wife, Kimberly, um, punched the crap out of him. But he walked away from a fight. He went to bed, and she punched the crap out of him. There's a 911 call. Uh, she wound up being charged. He he's covered in blood. She doesn't have a touch uh, a scratch on her. Uh, she wound up being charged. He dropped the charges, and because it's Seattle, she got full custody of the kids when they filed, and she moved to Florida. Uh, a year later, in 2011, uh, his oldest son um, claimed he was defending himself, but he beat the crap out of his mom because he said she was harassing him. And so this is what what he said was was, um, you know, I don't want my son dragged through this. I don't want this, uh, you know, brought up. But when you see this in shorthand, that, uh, you know, afraid of DV charges, he, was, he, he wasn't charged. His crazy wife was charged. Uh, he, just, he just knows he wouldn't be confirmed because in 2019, no one wants the details. They, they just they want to know what you tweeted when you were 16 now, apparently. Why take it this far then? I mean, why didn't he say, uh, you know, I, I'm going to I probably won't be confirmed. So let's just cut this off at the pass. Well, because he was interim. You know, he was always interim sec def. He knew he, he wasn't going to go through the uh, the hearings. And so Trump laid him on. He, You know what? By the way, he, he was pretty good. There were there were accusations that he was the secretary of defense of Boeing. But, OK, he's a career Boeing guy. So you know what he did? He put pressure on Lockheed Martin to, like, maybe lower the price of the F-35 so more countries could buy it, so NATO could be equipped with a single fighter. 
And he actually, in the months that he was in there, I, I mocked him at first because I thought it was hilarious that Mr. Fixit from Everett, from Boeing, was going to be the sec desk. But he turned out to be pretty damn effective. Um, and he probably saved this country several billion dollars. And he probably saved the Netherlands and Italy and Britain several billion dollars. But he's gone now because no one wants to read the details of what happened in 2008. So welcome to America. So what do we know about his replacement? Oh, what I'm hearing Wait. is Brian Suits is going to be the replacement? No. Oh, no? <laughs> that's, okay. what I, that's what I heard. <laughs> um, uh, no, and I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen the name. I was busy changing the activation uh, word Mark for my Esper. ALEXA. Mark Esper, <laughs> Secretary of the Army. Of the Army. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he's been effective. He's, you know, they're career administrators. Um, I think Esper is a government guy, not a private sector guy. Uh, I'm not, don't, don't quote me on that. Um, but um, he, you know what the deal is? He can pass confirmation. He already did it as Secretary of the Army. So, so uh, the, the number one criteria, can you pass confirmation? And Esper can do that. Uh, this meeting today, Mike Pompeo was down in Tampa at McDill to meet with CENTCOM commanders about what's been going on in the Middle East. We announced uh, the, well, now Shanahan, the soon-to-be former acting Secretary of Defense, announced that 1,000 more uh, members of the military are headed to the Middle East. Where do we stand with what's going on with Iran? Are we, is this actual ratcheting up of tensions? Are we actually getting one step closer to some sort of military action? No, um, and and part of the deal is Iran um, is not run by the president, by President Rouhani. It's run by the the Skiri, the Supreme Council of the Islamic Revolution of Iran, and the other horn of uh, of the two horned beast that runs Iran is the Revolutionary Guard. And so, what clearly has happened is someone has sat down with Trump and said, "Listen, the more you rattle your sword, the more you're empowering the bad guys." Um, they're politically getting stronger because America is about to attack. Every time we threaten Iran, the Revolutionary Guard gets more powerful, they get more money, and they do more stupid crap like put mines on tankers. So if you ratchet it down, um, then we can get a handle on these guys. I, I think it's baked into the cake. Uh, I don't think that because of that system, I don't think there's a way to to avoid that confrontation. But for now, we're backing down and giving them a chance to maybe – and this is all for domestic politics in America and in Iran. In Iran, you know, they don't want a war, but but this is in Iranian media. America is about to invade with a thousand guys or something. You know, it's really weird. But this is a way to sort of emasculate the Revolutionary Guard because they were caught red-handed, you know, removing a mine from a oil tanker, and they actually thought that they could deny it and say that those aren't my pants. But sorry, those are your pants. That was like Lindsay Lohan when she got caught with the cocaine in Santa Monica. She said, "Those are not my pants. They're well, always for the her record, pants." Those were not. Those were. Those were not her pants. Those were her pants, Brian. You and I both those know those were her pants. I don't. I don't remember if those were her. Pants. Let's let's agree to disagree. Hey, let me ask you this: <laughs> What does it mean for Iran, who's already a bit crippled by the president's sanctions? What would it mean to have this thing uh, spin out of control a little bit more for for the ruling class right now in Iran? Would would we be likely to see a, re- a regime change because of uh, of the economic instability that this fight with America has caused? If it affected the Revolutionary Guard, which it would, then then yeah, you would you would see a coup at the top, but it wouldn't be good coup. 
it would probably be bad coup uh, because right now Iran is absolutely on its knees and uh, young females are fleeing Iran. Instead of getting uh, married and having babies, they're fleeing Iran and they're, they're busting your table at the Hard Rock Cafe in Dubai. Um, and that's a metric. It's a really weird metric that the media doesn't look at. But if, if young women flee your country, your country doesn't have a future. And Iran is already demographically uh, cutting itself in half every 20 years. They're not having babies. And so it, it, the sanctions are having an effect. And that, that they would probably be four years or five years down the road, but not next year or, or in August. But uh, they're having an effect, and it means that Iranians are making plans to not live there because they might starve. So, mm. All right, Brian, thank you. Hey, if you're going to change your ALEXA's activation word to yeah. anything, do what I did. My activation word is, because I know my daughter would never, ever say this, my activation word is now, Dad, I'm cleaning my room. <laughs> and then she's going to wake up and, okay, got it. I didn't know you so could no do more that. K-pop. <laughs> Brian, host of uh, Brian Suits, host of Dark Secret Place. You can follow him on Twitter, at Dark Secret Place. Also host of uh, Sunday Nights, the super hyper-local Sunday show here on KFI. Coming up next, the president kicks off his campaign in the battleground state of Florida. And he's got a plan to battle all those investigations he faces as well. Gary and Shannon will continue with Swamp Watch. Shannon, you ever uh, texted texted somebody you didn't mean to text? Yeah, but I have. Uh, I don't really have anybody that I would text that I would be uh, mortified if I sent the wrong text, and I couldn't just say like, "Oh, sorry, that wasn't for you." Well, I you know, like if I sent you something, yes, I mean, I. You're careful about who you would send it to? No, I just, I don't think anything would shock you coming mm. from me. <laughs> leg pictures? Leg pictures would shock me. Oh, I don't If take, you started sending leg pictures to me, that would be... I leg pictures. No, that doesn't strike well, me as something... I'm going to take one right now. No, you're wearing pants. Yeah. I know, but that's not... Never mind. So were you, Gary? Wow. You raised up your pant leg. <laughs> that's, that's how my... She almost just what, fell my, out of the chair. That's how my fo- first foray into <sighs> taking body part pictures. Yeah. That should be a sign. Turned that into an injury of some kind. <laughs> I literally fell off the chair. We, uh... We, um... I don't know my angles, Monica. We oh, have this... they're all good. Problem... I do have a problem. Both my wife and my coworker are named Shannon. And people have asked me before, does that ever cause problems? And I said, no, it actually cuts the less mental fatigue on my part <laughs> that the two women that I spend the most of my time with are the same. I don't have to worry about mistaking one for the other or saying the wrong name. Uh, but if I were to text something to my wife... Like, hey, your legs looked really nice this morning. <laughs> I would have to make sure that it went to the right Shannon. So I can't just type I can't just type in Shannon into my phone. I have to be very careful and specifically like double authentication. Well you could change my name in there no, to like 
Farron or something. Or why don't you just add a little emoji to your wife's name, like a heart? Well, I have her last name on there. Shannon is Hoffman. That, is that weird? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And is. I have two very different pictures for you in terms of who you are. I don't know if you can see it on this, but for her, it's a picture that I took of her vacation a long time ago. She's got a mustache and a sombrero. She's got a mustache and a sombrero. And for you, I ha- I used the picture of Effie Trinket from uh, <laughs> from Hunger Games. From Hunger Games. I'll take it. Because it's Elizabeth Banks wearing the yeah. big blonde wig and everything. I'll take it. Because she'll play you in the movie that we do. So I figured that that Let's would. see what picture I have for you. You don't have any picture for me. Anyway, there's a story coming up. We'll talk about it next hour about colleagues who overshare some stuff accidentally and we want to hear from you have you ever done that have you ever had those here's why we would never run into that problem in this group is because we're constantly oversharing yeah we're constantly oversharing yeah i just i just asked myself what would be an overshare with you guys like what would be too far of a text message and what wouldn't be i once texted nick at like 10 30 at night to send me a picture of him in his robes from when he was an altar boy and there were no questions asked because i was trying to send my another friend a joke about an altar boy and i needed a picture of nick in his robes he never questioned it he never was like what's wrong with you this is inappropriate what no questions asked well let's say and that's what i like about this group well anyway we'll talk about next hour we'll get more into it because i have a i have an example say from from monica to you that gets a little crazy if it were to happen wouldn't that be anyway i sent monica a picture of me with a with a skincare mask on the other night we're in in the middle (laughs) there's no boundaries here (laughs) yeah yeah there's no (laughs) all right we're in the middle of swamp watch the president uh will be on his way to florida pretty soon he and the vice president are going to be there along with their wives to kick off the 2020 campaign officially. Um, They have been saying that this is going to be a wild time. Some of the pictures that I've seen already show thousands of people that have been waiting in line in pretty warm temperatures. Monica has been playing some sound bites from people who said that they had been there since early yesterday morning standing in line. And it's been warm in Orlando, but it's, you know, it's Orlando. It's 87 degrees. It's humid. That's 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 the biggest issue is you're you're making soup out there by doing nothing. Um, the the president is going to kick off this campaign tonight. It's going to be a massive money maker for him in terms of uh, soliciting donations for the campaign and so on and so forth. The I find the find the most interesting thing about uh, the next week or so is the two Democratic debates that are coming up next week. Oh, this is going to be great. Uh, the president's political advisors wanted to keep him off social media during the debates because they told him there was an advantage in letting potential challengers attack one another without distraction. And the way that they wrote it up um, in the Wall Street Journal, they said, now there's a new strategy. You wonder why there's a new strategy. It's because the president said, F and you. If I want to live tweet the debates, I'm going to. Yeah. I don't and know if you've ex- heard I'm the president. And that's exactly what he's going to do. That, that's going to be... That's going to be a brilliant. If I was his campaign manager, I would say absolutely. It's do going that. to be so entertaining because the people who are going to follow his uh, his Twitter feed during the Democratic not, uh, Democratic debates are going to be, for the most part, people who want to hear from him about what's been going on. The people who tweet him back, the, the people who reply to him on Twitter. I've never understood that. You might as well simply go down to the fourth floor of the parking garage, stand in the corner, and just scream at the corner. And 
Because that's about the same amount of exact, you know, exact. It's the same amount of uh, effectiveness is to go into the corner of the parking garage, fourth floor and below. People are just hoping that he will take the bait and and run right back to them. That's all it is. I don't get it. All right, coming up next. In real workplaces where there are boundaries and text messaging, how that can become a difficult relationship. We're going to start with a quick update on what's going on in Orlando. Jim Ryan's going to join us to talk about that uh, big campaign rally and how it's shaping up today. We'll do all of that. And Tasty Tuesday coming oh up gosh, in the next hour. How are we going to do it all in well, one we're hour? We're going to do it, all huh? right? Put our heads down. Yeah. Get serious about this. Do you turn it up? Do you sing along every time you hear that song? Like we did then. Like we did when. Do you close your eyes? Does it make you laugh? Do the memories take you back? To six packs in a Chevy Cheyenne. Way back when I was Jack and you were dying. Gary and Shannon yeah. on this uh, Tuesday. It's June 18th. Big night tonight for the president on his way to Orlando. He is going to uh, take part in a big campaign kickoff tonight in uh, in Orlando, Florida, the Amway Center. There's still there are already a few people in the building. Uh, they expect uh, I think twenty thousand. They're going to get the full the full arena there. It looks like he's got a few things hanging over him today. The president does in terms of uh, topics that may be discussed, including the fact that the former now, or soon to be former, acting Secretary of Defense, Patrick Shanahan, has withdrawn his name from nomination. He did say a few minutes ago that he did not ask Shanahan to withdraw his his name. Turns out there was a USA Today story about an ongoing FBI investigation into potential domestic violence incident involving he and his wife. Well, let's go live to Amway Center now where we find Jim Ryan there in Orlando on hand for this event. Jim, how's it going? Hey, Shannon, yeah, the, the lower bowl here at Amway Center already is starting to fill up with uh, supporters, many of them in their red MAGA caps and uh, T-shirts. <clears throat> They're waiting for the president to arrive here. Yeah, the, the president, as I understand, is just now leaving Florida, uh, leaving uh, Washington, making statements on the, the White House lawn before he leaves. But, yeah, he'll appear here tonight. And, yes, he does have those things to discuss. Uh, of course, at the top of the list, Shannon, will be his announcement that he's running for re-election. That's the first order of business at this event tonight, a rally that doesn't look too different from the ones that he's been holding for the last four years or so. What is expected to be the theme of, of his speech tonight? Well, you know, it's going to be the kind of raucous event that we've seen previously. They'll talk about immigration. They'll talk about health care. Uh, they'll bash the media just a bit. But again, he's going to try to also appeal for votes. It's something that he really hasn't had to do before. Now that he's formalizing his campaign uh, here in the I-4 corridor, which is crucial to winning Florida and maybe the White House again, uh, he's going to ask people to go out and vote for him. The the people who are lined up, have they really been out there for 30-plus hours, 35 hours already? Yes, they have. (laughs) (laughs) They started lining up yesterday. I know for a fact that they were there at 5 o'clock on Monday morning. And the, the line has continued to build, and people, you know, it was several dozen at first. And by the time today came along, this afternoon, hundreds were out there waiting. Streets around Amway Center had been blocked off. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that wasn't a myth. Those were actually people out there waiting. Now, the president said that his office had received 100,000 requests for tickets to this event. Don't know if that's accurate, but this place holds 20,000. It may or may not be filled. 
they also have big TV screens outside for people who don't make it in. Uh, have there been any protests outside? Yes. Uh, demonstrations uh, were going on several uh, blocks away. At least three organizations have expressed their intention to hold demonstrations here tonight while the rally is going on. So, yeah, not too uncommon that, uh, that there would be protests like that held not only for this president, but previous presidents, too. Jim, thanks so much. Jim Ryan there, ABC News in Orlando, Florida. Appreciate it. All right. Now, uh, one of the stories that we have been uh, we've been looking at and kind of toying with today is this uh, story that came out of The Wall Street Journal about awkward misfires when it comes to uh, workplace texting. Now, uh, we were discussing the accidental texts that are always, you know, a potential minefield. If somebody sends a text to you that they were intending for their loved one uh, or something that's completely nonsensical that shows up in your text chain that you have no idea what they're talking about. And then they go, oh, sorry, that was that was for Bob. That wasn't meant for you. And there are uh, people who can make very embarrassing mistakes. Um, Some people like to text little racy little things back and forth to each other. Something uh, from the romantic realm, perhaps. And if I were to send something like that to Nick. Would you feel embarrassed, though, if you sent it to Nick? I don't think I would feel that. How deep in the romantic realm have I I gotten? I feel like I have no shame in this group when it comes to, like, (laughs) I could send something so silly or whatever that it would just be like, oh, sorry. And you would think you would hope I would think it was silly. Yeah, perhaps. (laughs) But if, you know, if you're working on some sort of romantic poetry or something for your husband and what if you sexed one of us by mistake? That's exactly what I'm getting at. Thank you. Okay. Romantic poetry. Well, you know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know. You'd be embarrassed. Or I it would embarrass be, you until you're embarrassed. I just feel like it's, a safe, I think it's a safe space in this group, you know, where, like, you wouldn't hold it over my head for, right? I would absolutely oh, hold it over my head. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Probably it hold that. It depends on what it says. Hold yeah. that for ransom Good if point. I had to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or if you're texting pictures. That's the thing. Um, We're like the best, but also the worst group. There is a, yeah. uh, here's here's what they say uh, is a little vignette into this world of accidental texting misfires. Ashlyn Burgett usually likes getting text messages, messages, but she was added to a group text chain with coworkers last fall. Those are the worst. And pictures started showing up, grandchildren, pets. Her phone was flashing with these messages all weekend. No. And she says, she's 23, they think we like it because you have to be polite and you say, ha, so cute. I didn't want to add any fuel to the fire, so I didn't add any of the photos myself. This is a, that's a very tame example of being involved with texting in the workplace that could get you into trouble. And we have, I, we wanted to ask, has there ever been a situation where you have done that, where you have texted something that you shouldn't have to a colleague or somebody that you, uh, once you sent it, you immediately had to say, ah, sorry, that's not for you. That was for my significant other. Jen texted us. She said, I text the wrong person and the text was about them. It was my boss. Yeah. Mortifying. Well, that's, you know, the, <laughs> that's the equivalent why you don't text of that, about your boss. The equivalent of that 15 years ago was I sent the email about my boss 
to my boss as opposed to my coworkers to complain. And it's super easy to do on when you're texting like that too. If you've got if two you're or three texting conversations a bunch going, of people at the same time, yeah, yeah you've got to make sure. I did that to my sisters over the weekend where I put them both on a picture of the baseball park. And then one sister asked, are mom and dad with you? And I wrote, yes, there are a couple rows behind us. And then the other six sister texted me in the same text chain. Yes. Hey, uh, how is, you know, what's the weather like or something? I, it's great. Oh, and mom and dad are two rows behind me, yeah. which I clearly had established not 30 seconds before that. Right. Which is stupid. But I mean, listen, this could be a potential minefield for people. You send some of the stuff to the wrong people. Some of the stuff that that you have sent to me. Yeah. If you were to send that to the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. Or send it to the person that we're making fun of. But I'm usually not. I don't have that person's name right there with like my frequent people that I text. Right. Still. Yeah. If you're multitasking. Okay. So I should stop talking. S. Easily, Is that what you're telling? No, oh, not at please all. Please do not, because that makes some of the most entertaining weekend fodder for me. I swear. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's wonderful. But we wanted to know, have you ever done this? Have you ever texted somebody something or been the recipient of something that you knew was not meant for your eyes? 1-800-520-1534, 800-5201-KFI. Have you ever texted something, especially at the workplace, that you weren't supposed to? You sent it to somebody that you didn't mean to, or you've been the recipient of something like that. We want to hear from you. Gary and Shannon, uh, we'll take your calls when we come back. Gary and Shannon. Coming up at 1.30 after Monica's news, Neil Saavedra, our fork reporter, will be joining us for Tasty Tuesday. The president did make some comments before he boarded Marine One. Talk about those also at the bottom of the hour, just to give you an update on some of the things he said before he makes his way to Florida for tonight's big campaign kickoff. We're talking about text mistakes. Uh, have you texted the wrong person the wrong thing? Has this person <laughs> been a colleague? How... Uh, how have you ruined your life? Oh, Chris is going to start this out because I think this is a good one. Chris, what's going on? Hey, so uh, about a year ago, I, I uh, accidentally texted my boss, uh, meaning to text my wife, and basically said, you know, you're an amazing woman. I love you so much. I can't stop thinking about you. Um, and so she received it rather well, surprisingly, and instantly texted back, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I feel the same way. You're always on my mind. I've, I've thought about you since started here and and i i it caught me off guard i thought i was gonna get fired um but she um so she called me and it said hey before we get into it like hear me out my my bad i meant to send that to my wife <laughs> and then uh she she was a little upset let down hung up and then a few days later i ran into her and and explained things further and kind of hashed over things and we all kind of laughed about it after that oh that sucks <laughs> that is awkward. Yeah, just a little bit. Oh, well, thanks for calling, uh, Chris. That's, that's horrible. Brian, what's going on? Yeah, so my wife and I worked for the same company, and uh, she's sitting at work, and my name's Brian, and her boss's name is Brett. So she sends him an email that says, oh, my God, I'm so F-word done. Uh, I can't take this anymore. Sent. She thinks I get it. He comes out, says, uh, is there something we need to talk about? 
pulls her into his office to talk to her and shows her the email and she's mortified because yeah she didn't send it to me she sent it to him and uh, we work for the same company thankfully he took it pretty graciously uh we laughed about it a few times but yeah it was a entertaining situation oh man uh this is a good one as well robert what what happened at your office well it's a pretty big company and uh we had knew that one of our administrators had been having an affair with another administrator for a couple of years. So one day, circulating in an office about a picture that was sent to the other administrator through our Outlook. And the girl that was uh, were having an affair with this gentleman sent a picture of her private to all the administrators. Oh, no. And, his wife, and the guy's wife also worked for the company. Oh, no. So... <laughs> yeah, since then she's been demoted, but we don't know what's happened between the married couple and the guy that was involved. Uh-oh. Robert, thanks for calling. <laughs> That's uh, privates for everyone. Uh, Joe is in Santa Monica. What's going on, Joe? Joe? Yeah, Joe, what's up? No way. All right, yo, I, this is what happened to me. I, You know when you the last person you, you uh, text? Uh, it sometimes just comes up automatically. Yes. I I thought I was texting my my wife, but uh, actually I was texting one of my my buddies, and it was uh, I was in a bad situation with the wife, and uh, I was doing this big apologetic. I, I went on like, like two paragraphs, which I never do, and it was like some sappy, like turning your man card kind of stuff, and uh, and it was all to him, and he. Uh, and he, he went along with it, pretending like he was he was my wife, and I got you know I got more stuff out of me, and it was uh, and by the time I figured out it was him, it was uh, it was too late. Oh. He, he still like clowns me to this day. <laughs> that's I would that's too. Awesome. That's great. Me too. Uh, Joe, thanks for that. We appreciate it. Josh is calling. Hey, Josh, you're going to wrap this up for us. Hey, so uh, I was having a text message with another family from another state over their graduation. <laughs> and I actually informed them that I wasn't a person they were trying to get in contact with. Uh, lo and behold, a couple months later, they actually sent me a message of their newborn child. Mm. And uh, I had to like let them know. I'm like, hey, I'm not part of your family, but doesn't the baby look small? And I haven't gotten a message since. <laughs> well, that's one way to get out of the text chain. Whoa, what happened to that baby? Yeah, Did you guys a... drop it on its face? Uh, oh, that's Nick, horrible. I, what does Nick the one that um that got stuck on some family's text chain too? Yeah. Or was it my brother? It was Nick. Was it Nick? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Those are great. Uh if you uh if you happen to be listening on podcasts, we'd love to hear these as well. You can send them to us via email or a social media. We'll you know what text these. chain I'd love to get out of is the uh, essential oils text chain. Uh, oh, give me, how about this one? One more, just real quick. Austin is, is calling in. Hey, Austin. Hey, guys. Side note, I was at uh, News and Brews last week. Awesome. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it. So I'm a sales guy, and I, I design buildings for a living, and I was working on a project with a customer worth a few hundred thousand dollars, and this project was moving along, and all of a sudden I started getting texts from this guy and he was asking me to go in the jacuzzi with him, uh, a multiple of texts. So I'd play along, and finally I asked him, do you have the right guy? And he said, sorry, wrong person. But <laughs> to this day, I see him all the time, and I bring it up, and we laugh about it. 
So did he ever make it into the hot tub with the rightful uh, person? I hope he did because cocktails were involved and, you know, I don't know. I bet they were. I felt like I could have jumped onto that one and made many jokes but decided not to. Not much. Mm, not much. Austin, thanks, by the way. Uh, when we come back, Neil Saavedra, host of The Fork Report, is going to join us right here on The Gary and Shannon Show. Yeah, it's a blind kind of torture. Tuesday, one of the big stories that we follow today happened right as we took the air this morning. The Secretary of Defense, acting Secretary of Defense, Patrick Shanahan, took his name out of the running for Secretary of Defense. and will not go through the confirmation process. There was a USA Today report about the FBI looking into a potential domestic violence situation in which his wife was actually charged, but charges were eventually dropped. Uh, it looks like the Secretary of the Army, Esper, is going to be the new secretary, acting Secretary of Defense. The president, on his way to this big campaign rally, kickoff rally down in Florida, made some comments just as he left the White House about Patrick Shanahan. I didn't ask him to withdraw, but he walked in this morning. He said it's going to be a rough time for him uh, because of obviously what happened. But I did not ask him to withdraw. He uh, presented me with a letter this morning. That was his. Uh, that was his decision. There you go. So uh, that rally again starts at about five o'clock our time. Thousands of people there at that Amway Center in Orlando. Hey, Nick. Yeah, Shannon. What do you get when you spill soup on a comic book? I don't know what. Superman. <laughs> One thirties Tuesdays. We're blessed to be joined by the Neil Savedra, the fork reporter. The fork yeah, reporter, babies. <laughs> he is one of the most go ahead loved people on this floor. Oh man, maybe not today. The you know I wear different hats. The great. Oh man. The. Starting to smell like San Francisco in here. <laughs> we get that a lot. Yeah. Aesthetically What's appealing. happening, man? Is How it... was the taco event? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I almost <laughs> didn't want to ask because okay. I'm so uh, Listen, upset that I missed it. You got to know this about me. I've been to a lot of food events. I try and talk up the ones that I think are going to be the best. Either I've had experience with them or the people that do them. Bill Spars is a stud. I mean... Every, uh, anybody who comes into town that, that you would think, I'm trying to think of like some big TV guy, they, if they want to know about Mexican food anywhere, they want to know about Latin food, the history, any of that, they call him. They say, hey, can I just eat with you? Like people ask that about him all the time. Let's go eat. And I think I'm going to go to Mexico with him soon, actually, because he's just, he knows everyone. And every single bite was like, Holy hell. I've either never had that before or that is something that I've had a million times and I've never had it executed that well. Wow. How many uh, tacos would you say you went through this weekend? Not nearly as many as you think. I oh. mean, it really. <laughs> I, 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 because I've had them on the show 
for the past month almost we've been having chefs on. Uh, I had a lot then that I maybe had five. Well, that's not. Yeah, that's, that's only that's only five more than I had. That yeah, seem like so it was... it's not it's not considering there was fifty vendors, and this was not one of those events that, that was like, hey, let's go to three or four of the lines, and this will be great. This was one of those events that people wanted to literally go to every booth. Mm. So they were like, "Have you been to this booth? Have you been to that?" You you wanted to have all of them. Uh, the tortilla scene was on point. Yeah, I mean, you're like I can just imagine. the tort. If you're just at the tortilla and you're going, "Wow!" There was one. <laughs> there was one taco that had taken a pile of cheese thrown it onto a plancha flat top, let it sizzle and melt down, put chunks of per- perfectly medium rare filet mignon in there, then wrap that into like a taquito, put that into a blue corn tortilla with avocado. <laughs> it was like, it was, it was like, I, I think that was uh, puesta, but it was like, shut up. That didn't happen. You didn't make that. And there was a lot of stuff like that. that. Perfectly put. Yeah, Yeah. it's like there were things like that. You're just get out of here before I'm gonna punch you in the face out of joy. (laughs) I totally understand. I love those things and I and I'll tell you, and I'm gonna say it here first. I think that there's a lot of change going on in the food events. I think people are getting burnt out on them and kind of the typical events. I'm actually thinking of jumping in in them and just redesigning a couple and doing them because it, they're they're getting old. But something like Takayando was done perfectly. It was yeah, done it for really, food people and because there are so many food events now. When they are done well, they do stand out yeah. because there are so many people jumping into that game and seeing that there's money to be made. That sometimes they oversell events or there's too few vendors or you know the. The, there's not they're enough not water. thinking about the per, the people they're not thinking about the two most important people the people coming and the people preparing the food yeah those are the two people that should have fun those groups of people should be thrilled to be there and if they're not you're having a problem another you guys have been to the pacific wine and food classic um orange county restaurant association uh pam uh wait and uh trish trish cook these are people that love food and want you to experience everything you're going to experience is like that. And I just I dig that. I like uh, those things. So it was it was really, really uh, a great event and uh, super tasty. Just blown away by the the combinations of food, the even the vegan, you know, vegan stuff. I, I shouldn't say that. It's not fair. Even the vegan. But the, <laughs> the plant based stuff was on point. Well, because it's it's assuming that it's not going to be good. And right. that's just not the case anymore. You know, 15 years ago, it was the case. It's not the case anymore. Uh, Bob's big boy. Our Bob's big boy, the one here in Burbank, is turning 70 years old. I was there the other day with Mr. Bill Handel. Yeah. You know? I've heard of him. I love love when uh, wealthy guys go, you want to go to Bob's for lunch? It just, that humors me. It's like, hell yeah. But this is one of those things. Sizzler close? In Southern California, we're probably uh, bereft of of places that have been open for 50 or 60 years. They're open for 70 years. We just don't get that here. And the service, like I said, was there the other day. I always have great service there. 
The meal is always exactly what I expect. Do you get the same thing every time? No, I'll change it up. Handel does. You know, he gets the classic double and, and the meal. It comes with a salad and everything like that. And if I'm in, like, the, the other day, I was like, whatever he's having, I'll have it. Because you, you really can't go wrong. It's just classic. And they they just keep it running and moving. And they all look happy to be there. And the managers are, hey, we'll be right with you. And they still do uh, car nights uh, on Friday, I believe. Uh, Dave Coons from uh, Channel 7 is out there all the time. And they do, you know, they just, they're connected to the community. It's actually the first one of the drive throughs but it's not the first of their restaurants. I think it was 1946 when this one came by. The first one was 1936. So 10, 10 years prior, they were in Glendale, and it was like a, a burger, a little burger hut. Yeah. You know, and they were doing the burgers. It wasn't until about 10 years later that they came up with the drive through concept. It was becoming more popular, and then they started flourishing. Of course, they've changed hands quite a bit, uh, 67, I think, 87. They uh, bankrupted in the 2000s somewhere, and I think there's like 70-some-odd locations now. I mean, you know, still around. Well, if you have a great recipe for ribs, it could earn you $10,000 this summer. We'll talk about it when we come back. Oh, and you can earn two grand if you can mix a very simple drink. I'll explain when we come back as well. Excellent. Gary and Shannon will continue. Neil Savager, the Fork Reporter, has joined us. You can do your little out your uh, routine. I do it internally now. No, you can do it. I'm tired of you guys laughing at me. It's fine. We don't oh. want to tamper your joy. Nope. Nobody gets to see this booty shake. Do the dance. Nope. There you go. I don't think Deborah's ever seen it. Oh, I saw something like that the other day. The other one was a little crazier, was, though. Was it on your plate? I, well, huh? What? Oh, no, she's vegan. <laughs> I don't think I want to follow that. Rump roast. I'm going to oh. go back to the news. Hey, uh, so Reynolds Trap was looking for a chief grilling officer. That's a great deal. Two weeks in August, you get to travel around and find the best barbecue ribs. Somebody sent me that link, and they're like, okay, you get to eat food for two weeks. They're going to pay you ten grand, uh, but it's only for two weeks. And I'm like, I, dude, I got that job. Yeah, I was going to say right. Somebody shoves food in my face and I get paid. I'm not saying I get five grand a week, which is nice, but that's for two weeks. Ten grand. You're going to go try all of the ribs. They're going to fly you around, um, and then you're going to deem you're going to be like the king, the Reynolds king of chief grilling officer. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they give a you a title, and bond. you're like, hear ye, hear ye. This is a great rib. Okay, let's talk cocktails. The Negroni. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's talk cocktails. Cause I don't if know I had they're... a nickel every time that happened off the air, hey, let's talk cocktails. <laughs> That's not true. No. We usually for... just drink them. Hey, Blake, give me this thing. I want to play something. No, Handel has Come this new down, thing. down, grab a drink. Matter of fact, 10 a.m. Why don't you just get drunk like Gary does? There. Oh, did you guys speed him up? That's funny. So what's the deal with Handel talking about Gary having a drinking problem? It's like a common narrative for the past couple of weeks. He's sending out emails to everyone, and he's saying, <laughs> hey, can, can you start this? And I said, 
listen, fetch is just not going to happen. Right. Nobody is adhering to that. I don't know. I think it's like calling the pretty girl ugly. Okay. Let me tell you something. And I, I, Gary, I'm flattered. I, and that. although I've seen Gary drink before, Gary has the constitution and the discipline of a soldier. Gary it reminds a, me of my grandfather, who you he would drink, but you'd never see him drunk. Yeah, he's just not that. He's not someone who would get into that. Like he could never be be a falling down no, drunk or ever obnoxious because it would be. Um, Uncouth. He he would never like storm the stage of a friend who was doing stand up. You know, he wouldn't do that. No. No, that is not out of the realm of possibility. He would never be over at one of his colleagues' house and get into the spice drawer and take out the poultry seasoning and start doing a strip tease with it. Wow. I thought you didn't you think, <laughs> oh, Russia and I are allies, and then all of a sudden it's like, what? We're selling missiles to whom? Yeah. Okay, well, in his defense, no, 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 though, no. The, those things those are, are done because stories. it's comedy. Right. They're cute That's stories. Funny. They're funny. Exactly. He will do anything for the yes. joke. It's yes. not like I opened the spice drawer <laughs> and then barfed in it. Right. But I've also seen him go, I can't eat that. Why? Sure you can. You just pick it up and you put it in your... No. Chew it a little No, bit. because then I'll just eat a bunch of it and then what? And I got to run tonight. 10 a.m. Why don't you just get drunk like Gary does? <laughs> Man, what is a Negroni? A, that what? sounds like a confessional. What is a Negroni? I don't think I've okay, heard of it Negroni. until this week. And I, now I'm excited about that. Negroni week comes up at the end of the month. And this is a drink that I think is great for you because you like IPAs, which mm-hmm. have uh, the, a, a very high uh, bitter unit, right? So they're they're very bitter, and you dig that. There is a bitter element to a Negroni. It's It goes way back. It's 100 years or so. Someone came in. There was a, a drink called an Americano, which was a, Italian bitters, uh, something like Campari, uh, Italian bitters, sweet vermouth, and club soda. And they said, I want this a little heavier. I do that a lot. I go, hey, lean on it or give me something. Give this a little more kick. Bartender said, okay. Substituted the uh, club soda for gin. God God bless that bartender. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> so... This ends up becoming um, uh, being seen as a, a whole nother drink. It was called the uh, Milano Torino because uh, uh, the bitters come from Milan and the vermouth came from Turin, and it was just kind of what they called it. But it was later um, distilled by a family who created a distillery in Italy called, and they were the Negroni family, so it became the Negroni. It is one one one. That, it's the most simple drink you can make. It is equal parts uh, gin. Uh, I'm a fan of uh, beef eater gin. It is Italian bitters. It is sweet vermouth. Very simple. And it has, it has this great finish to it because it's, it's bitter. So beef eater is doing a contest that they're calling uh, Drink With Your Eyes. And it's really fun. I'm not eligible for it, but you are. 2000 bucks to participate. If you want to participate, just go to my Instagram at Fork Reporter, and you can see the post that I did because I made my own uh, my own version of it. And then in my uh, little bio link, you can click on that and get all the rules. But what I did was I substituted half of the bitters with espresso and made it a morning version. And it was pretty damn good. Interesting. So I called it my morning groany. And it was, I mean, it had the smell and the aroma, a little bit of coffee. And uh, still had that bitter finish. But it was just 
it actually tasted really good because a Negroni is an uh, is an aperitif. It's something you have, uh, you know, with before your, dinner. Yeah, with, with your appetizers or before dinner. Yeah, uh, digestif obviously afterwards, like a port. port or something. Look at you. Listen, this is my wheelhouse. Look, he's a pilot. Yeah, I drink. Yeah, Yeah, but that's classy drink. So good for you. Yeah, you know the classy stuff. You just got to know it. Doesn't matter. You can go ahead and make yourself a rum and coke when you get home. You just got to know it. So, uh, for anybody out there who wants to participate, it's uh, I think it's till uh, June twenty second, leaning right into Negroni Week. Make your own Negroni. Five ingredients, including. Uh, your garnish, and all the rules are there. Go to Fork, at Fork Reporter on Instagram and click my bio. You can find the picture and all that stuff. Bill Saavedra, really cool thank you so much. Thank Appreciate it. John and Ken coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. That's it. That's it. That is it. Gary and Shannon.